This is the first Sunday of Lent this year. Lent is the time when Christ's church seeks to become more like him through contemplation, confession, and self-examination, soul-searching. This year, Lent spans three months. It's beginning this Sunday, the last Sunday of February. It concludes on Palm Sunday, which this year is the first Sunday of April, and it has four Sundays in March. In fact, those four Sundays, we will get at the essence of Lent. First, next week, we will see the humility of Jesus. And then we'll see how one of his closest apostles denied him. Thirdly, we will hear him declare the delay of his glorious kingdom. And finally, we will hear how all of his people, all of the nation of Israel and the Roman people and every person on earth gathered together to reject him. Now, as we consider these truths, and this is where we get at the heart of the matter, we must remember what Jesus said about students becoming like their teacher and servants becoming like their master. That's in Matthew 10. So starting next week, we will be exhorted to seek God in order to first humble ourselves, second, accept being denied that which we are desiring. And then third, also to accept the delay of the realization of our dreams. And then last and most importantly, that we will even be prepared for a time when many, if not most people will reject us because we belong to Jesus. But today, before we get to the hard teaching about sharing in the sufferings and the death of Jesus Christ, we begin by considering the power of Jesus that he demonstrated that he is the conqueror of death and all who are living by the faith of him will live even though they die. And by his spirit, the covenant Trinity God renews the life of all his creatures who have expired or died. This is our incentive. We're starting with our incentive to accept the self-denial that Jesus requires of us. Whoever will follow him, he says, Die to yourself, take up your cross, and be following him. So, now, let us examine this life that Jesus says he is. I am the resurrection and the life. So, again, chapter 11 is a long chapter. I had excerpts read but we will consider those excerpts in context right now. The first half, what sets everything up is we hear that Lazarus dies before Jesus reaches him and that Jesus says Lazarus will rise. Why? 
In Jesus' own words, I am the resurrection and the life. So this first half begins with this introduction to Mary and Martha sending word to Jesus that their brother whom he loves, Lazarus, is sick. And Jesus says, death will not have the last word, even though we find that Lazarus died. So let's now go through it um, verse by verse of what we heard with some gaps filled in. So first, Lazarus from Bethany, the town of Mary and Martha, her sister, was being sick. This was an ongoing illness. Now, let me explain the names because they're very, very important. Lazarus, and I didn't know that until this week, it's a shortening of his full Hebrew name, Eleazar. Now, we saw some kings in Chronicles with that name. El or El means God. Azer means helper. His name means God is my helper. What a name of faith and what a way to live. Now, Bethany, you may not know this because so many churches are named Bethany. It means house of affliction. Now, Mary and Martha have very similar names. Mary or Miriam means their rebellion, the rebellion of the people. And Martha means her rebellion. And it was very common in the ancient world among Jews and others to have siblings have names with the same root. Here the root is Mar. One Mar of all the people and the other Mar of an individual. All right, with that background, we're told Mary, John writes, was being the one who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, of whose brother Lazarus was being sick. Now, again, John wrote this gospel years after the events. So to him, everything was past tense. And he said she had done that. But if we go into chapter 12, we'll see it's in the very next chapter where Mary anointed Jesus before he was crucified. Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, behold, he whom thou art loving is being sick. So let's not lose sight of this. We're told that Jesus loved Lazarus the brother of Mary and Martha. Well, when having heard, Jesus said, this sickness is not being unto death, but on behalf of the glory of God, that he may be glorified, the son of God through this sickness. So now we're talking about how sickness represents glory for the whole person of God. Even though Lazarus would die before Jesus arrived in Bethany, God and Jesus himself would be glorified when Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. And now skipping some stuff and pulling in what we heard, we're told, and this is important, Jesus loved all three siblings. 
but he held his ground for two full days. Then he exhorts the disciples, let's go to Judea again. And they're saying to him, Rabbi, my great one, now the Jews have been seeking to stone thee, and you're saying you're going to go there again? And Jesus replied, not indeed. Are there 12 hours in the day? And if anyone may be walking by the light, he's not stumbling because the light of the world, he's being in it. But a man may be walking in the night and he will stumble. So Jesus is exhorting them. He's saying, let us go to Judea together. And the disciples are questioning, Jesus, will you be safe there? And he's saying, as long as they're in the light of day, they won't stumble. Now, remember, we saw when Jesus was engaging Nicodemus in a conversation He said that evil men prefer darkness. And I read something in my morning devotional reading on Friday. And what is Jesus affirming here? It's straight out of Job. I was so impressed with this wisdom from the mouth of Job. I put it on the back of our bulletins this morning. And then Jesus informs them, Lazarus has died. But he uses a metaphor saying sleep. And then he concludes, I'm glad for your sakes so that you all may believe because I was not being there. But let us be going to him. So Jesus delayed his revival, arrival into Bethany until he knew, he knew with certainty as the son of God, Lazarus was already dead. Why? His intention was that many would believe when he did this miracle to the glory of God. And now the second part of this beginning half, Jesus discovers that Lazarus had been four days in the grave. And Martha meets Jesus saying he could have cured her brother. And then he asks her if she believes This strong statement, I am the resurrection and the life. So the setting that we skipped over is Thomas, whose name means twin. And as we know, many times when twins are in the womb, one is born dead, stillborn, and the other alive. That's probably what happened with him. He says, let's also go that we may die with him. Don't you love his optimism, huh? that we may die with him. And when Jesus came, he found Lazarus in the grave four days. Then parenthetically, Bethany was just two miles from Jerusalem. So many of the Jews from Jerusalem had come and they were comforting Mary and Martha concerning their brother. Now let's go to what we heard. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus is coming, met him. But Mary was in the house sitting. Seems she liked to sit a lot. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if thou were being here, not may have died my brother, but also now I have known whatsoever you may ask of God, he will give it to thee, God. Don't miss Martha's twofold faith here. 
She's absolutely certain that if Jesus had come when her brother was sick, he would have healed her. Moreover, even now, she fully knows whatever he may ask of God, God will give it to him. Let me point out to you here that in October of 2021, Christianity Today had a cover story about Martha. We have given her a bad rap in the last few centuries in contrast to Mary. Yes, they were two different people, but Martha had amazing great faith, so much so that the medieval church, the middle-aged church, exalted Mary because of her faith, so much so that she was known as Mary the dragon slayer. In fact, church history, and some of this may be myth, said she ended up in Spain in her 30s and actually killed a dragon. There is much good to say about Martha and her being willing to go to Jesus and confess this. Let's not overlook it. And so he's saying to her, Jesus, he will rise again, the brother of thee. And she's saying to him, Martha, oh, I've known he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Now, again, this was a common belief among all the devout Jews who knew Scripture and had more understanding than the average Jew who was more secular. But her faith and her hope was more in the future, in the eschaton, in the last day of judgment, not so much for today. So he said to her, Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life He believing in me, anyone who's believing in me, though that one may be dead, that one will live. And this is also important. Each one who is living and believing in me may in no way ever in any way die even to all eternity. So with this, Jesus is saying two things. I am making himself Equal to God, this is the fifth of his seven I am statements. And what's he saying? First, I'm God. And second, anyone who is living and believing in me, ask their way of life, how they're existing, how they are living, will not experience death, separation from God forever. People, this is for us. This morning, let us, may we, praise God for Jesus because he is eternally the resurrection and the life. This is the whole point of today's worship. Jesus declaring he is resurrection and life. And then he continues, are thou, meaning Martha, Believing this, and she's saying to him, I even, I have fully believed that thou art being the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God who's coming to earth. She confesses him. She confesses him as God's anointed. That word anointed is Mashiach in Hebrew and Christos in Greek. 
Now the second half, the climax. Jesus comes to the grave. He weeps. He reminds Martha she will see God's glory and calls Lazarus to life. And I realized while thinking on our scriptures this morning that what he's saying is he's fulfilling the words of the excerpt from the creation psalm we heard. If there's any psalm that glorifies God as creator, it's 104. So let's continue. Jesus comes to the grave and weeps. Detractors question him. And then he orders the stone to be removed. Martha says he stinks by now. And Jesus says she will see God's glory. That's the highlight, so let's look at it in detail. First, we had a gap in what we heard, but it's important because Martha told Mary the master's calling her and hearing. She rose up quickly, coming to him. But Jesus was still where Martha had met him. Now the Jews being with Mary, comforting her, having seen Mary rise quickly and go away, they followed her, but they were thinking she was just going to the grave to weep. She didn't know she was going to her master. Then Mary falls at Jesus' feet, saying word for word what Martha said. She also had faith. And then Jesus groaned in the spirit, troubled. Okay. Then we are told he wept. Jesus. Jesus shows great compassion for Mary and Martha and sadness over Lazarus. And then here comes some of the Jews again. They were saying, behold, how he was loving him. Well, that's good. They're saying that. They're acknowledging his love. But a few of them, some of them were saying, not was he being able, the one who opened the eyes of the blind, and we heard about that last week. He was born blind, not because of sin, but for God's glory. But maybe they missed that part of it. That to have done even this one Jesus, that, me, that he, Lazarus, may not have died. So these detractors are questioning what they are perceiving and seeing as inconsistencies in Jesus, Why would he heal a blind stranger and allow a well-loved friend to die? And then don't miss this. Therefore, Jesus again is groaning in himself and coming to the grave. Now, in Greek, the word for grave actually means a memorial. So they were memorializing Lazarus and all those who had died in faith. But we're told it was being a cave and a stone was lying on it. And Jesus is saying, y'all must take away the stone. Now, this groaning, and it's a repetition of what we heard and what we skipped over. So it's the second time. He's groaning with grief over these detractors' unbelief. Their unbelief. Now, we must know, people, this wasn't just Jesus groaning at unbelief 2,000 years ago. Unbelief grieves Jesus as much as death. First, he wept because his friend was in a grave, but now he's grieving because of their unbelief. Why? Because these are two sides of the same Coin, unbelief leaves people dead. 
Jesus says, when the dead hear my voice and believe, they cross over to life. But those who don't believe, don't hear his voice, they are still stuck in death. Only faith brings us from death to life. That was grieving him. Now, as a first step in bringing Lazarus back to physical life, he asked the stone of the grave be removed. And then Martha, the sister of he who died, says, Lord, now he is stinking because the fourth day he is being dead. And Jesus says, said I not, if thou have believed, if you continue to believe, thou will see the glory of God. Well, Martha gave Jesus a reality check. Okay. Yes. She has great faith, but even a Jew with faith knows the very fact that by the fourth day, a body begins to decompose, and she's just reminding Jesus of this and exclaiming it. But Jesus, always in control, asked Martha to just keep believing. He reminds her, and he promises her that she will see God's glory in him, the one who is the resurrection and the life. Okay. Now, again, this isn't just for 2,000 years ago in Lazarus and the sisters. Let us all be motivated because Jesus has conquered death. And then we will be able to persist in trials. Okay with joy that comes from our hope in him, he who declared himself saying, I am the resurrection and the life. So we now find out in John's gospel, after the stones removed, Jesus prays and calls Lazarus out of the grave. He comes out bound and Jesus commands that he be loosed in order to go his way. And I added this on Friday, many, many Jews believed in Jesus. So we skipped over the prayer, but now I realize and wish we hadn't because I've given you at least three references. Jesus was always praying, pulling all nighters, praying in every circumstance. And when they took away the stone, Jesus lifted his eyes to his father and said, Father, I thank thee that thou heard me. I say this for the people, that they may believe thou hast sent me. And then having spoken this, in a voice that is great, he calls out, Lazarus, come out. After praying, he emphatically calls Lazarus out of that memorial grave. And we're told he came out. The one who had been dead had been bound, feet and hands, and his face, a face cloth, had been wrapped. And he is saying to them, Jesus, the bystanders, the ones who came along with Mary and Martha, you all must loose him and you all must let him go his way. So Lazarus comes out of the grave under his own power, if awkwardly, because 
of all the grave clothes that were still wrapped around him. But Jesus looses him to go. Jesus sets Lazarus. And remember, his name means whom God has helped. Well, now God has helped him big time. He sets him free. The one he had miraculously risen from the dead to live a new life. A new life of service for him because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So much so that he raised Lazarus here. He's the resurrection and the life. And then it's the very following verse. This is so important. John was inspired to write that many Jews, even some of the detractors, having seen what Jesus did, believed on him. Now, if you get to the end of the gospel before the one chapter appendix, the end of chapter 20, John said, I have written this Gospel for this purpose, that you may believe in him and have life in his name, life in Jesus Christ. And now let's look at this psalm because I believe Jesus fulfilled this paragraph of the psalm. Um, We're told God, the Trinity God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit feeds his creation until he takes away their breath. But when he sends his spirit, they are renewed, revived, and have life again. This is how God has created things. Let me go through it literally. These all to thee wait to give them food in its time. Thou will give to them, they will gather. Thou will open thy hand and they will be satisfied with good. This is awesome. All creatures, beasts and humans who wait for the covenant God, he will provide for them, even sometimes if they're not waiting. But specifically, we're told, every creature gets the food it needs when it needs that food. And when Yahweh, the creator covenant God, opens his hand to them, they are all satisfied with what is good for them. But ever since Adam and Eve rebelled, and the psalmist continues saying, thou will hide thy face, they will be dismayed. Thou will take away their breath, they will die. And to their dust, they will Return. All creatures, ever since the rebellion in the garden, die into dust. In fact, the covenant God had told Adam he would return to the dust from which he is made. And don't forget what's in Psalm 90. Moses said in his prayer, God had turned the men back to dust. Remember, they had refused to believe God's word. God said, cross the Jordan. I will be with you. I will conquer the people of this land. I don't care how big they are. And they said, we're just going to die. And they turned tail and refused to go in. And because of their unbelief, as we had seen earlier with Jesus, because of their unbelief, God destined them to die wandering in the wilderness. But don't forget the last verse. 
Thou will send forth thy spirit. They will be created. And thou will renew the face of the ground. What's he saying here? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who draws people to Jesus. God gives his spirit to his creation so that all of it may be renewed. Look up that passage in Romans in context. You see the spirit of Yahweh, who we talked about in the creed, renews all of his creation. There's more that could be said, but that's more than enough. Let's wrap it up. Through Lazarus, the Jesus-loved brother of Mary and Martha, Jesus demonstrates that he is the resurrection and the life. By raising Lazarus from the dead and then setting him free, to go his way, to go his way in God's will. And the result was many believed in Jesus, who is God, who renews life, even when we are dead in our sins. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 